right, we're here. We're this, back. The Soul Material Podcast. And we didn't get canceled. It's a new season. It's a new season with your man, the OGEO. And T Mark the Street Shark. Here to do it one more again. Let's do it. Let's go. What's up? Start the show. talk about just the culture itself and the stress and anxiety and dangers this culture brings and always has brought and um, I think it's a key thing that we can talk about because um, it's always been there but I think the awareness now in today's time with mental emotional and psychological health um, is the biggest it's ever has been and I think that it is um, paramount now for us to discuss this topic because a lot of things went on in the 80s and the 90s that we maybe have been conditioned to that we were kind of shunned on outside of how um, the media, if you will, kind of portrayed some things. And um, Tony and I have a belief in which the stress level just has shifted, but it's not um, changed and it sure has not decreased at all. So um, Tony, I'll have you start off with just saying as far as um, the shift of where the stress is as far as either acquiring things or wearing things from back in our day, if you will, to today's time. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, again, like you said, the a great segue to talk about in today's world when we're coming to, um, we're at a almost at a mental health crisis almost um, within our country. And we just want to take a look in the mirror and say, you know, like, how much has this is controllable how much are you adding on to it yourself you're stressing yourself out right um and i think that we just had to pull back the curtain and look back in time and see how do we get here um and because the stress has changed you know so we're talking about our era the stress some of the stress was related to survival right because uh, we you could get what you wanted if you had the means to get it um but could you keep it all right because some of the stress was you know getting jacked <laughs> um you know you couldn't wear certain things in certain areas at certain times um you know and you know i'll point to the infamous time magazine you know the jordans or your life um, um concept but that was when mainstream media first uh, hit it it wasn't really about the jordans at that time because if you understood culture and inner city and the project hood you know culture you would understand that you know you was getting jacked for anything. You was getting jacked for your jacket in the wintertime before you was getting, uh, uh, you know, jacked for your shoes. If, if your shoes were clean, they took those too. You know, the infamous, uh, uh, I think it's our era knows the answer to this question, you know. Well, well what size are those? Mm-hmm. What size are those? My size. That's the answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, because otherwise, if it's they size, <laughs> they're going to be they shoes. Uh, they're going to take them from you. So, you know, it's just being able to um, survive. And then it was the mainstream media uh, gaslit the situation because it was just a, such a condemnation of, of Michael Jordan, right? Well, meanwhile, there were people were getting their shoes and shirts and jackets and everything. If, if, if it held of value or had a certain brand on it, they were taking it, okay? If you had po- the sweet polo gear, <laughs> you was getting jacked, all right? Um, so... 
it wasn't just the Jordans, but that's what the media wanted to talk about um, because they wanted to sensationalize black on black crime, right? Um, um, and that was a way to also um, display that and then tear down the biggest black man in the world at that time, Michael Jordan, by associating him with all that foolishness. So, you know, that's where you had to see through the red tape of what's going on because, um, you know, it shouldn't be about that. You know, you might get, you sometimes you might've got hit up at school. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, you didn't even have to be at a, uh, some neighborhood place. You might've just got jacked at school. Tony, how many got people your, got their locker rooms? I was about to say you just, the gym locker room, your locker room, your locker was rated. All right. Um, uh, especially the PE lockers where you could see through it in it a little bit or whatever, you know? Um, and then you could like begin to see what was inside. And if you ain't use a, you, I hope you used a good lock, uh, a master lock, because if you had a cheap lock, yeah, your stuff got got. Um, you know what I mean? I've had myself or other teammates, you know, the visiting team show up in your locker room. <laughs> you, somebody's stuff might, if you was on JV, some of your stuff might have got jacked, um, you know, because there's a bar in our locker room. But, um, and again, that was all stressed after we got acquired. Um, you know what I'm saying? And more, the game right now, does anybody, like, a uh, quick story, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell it to you uh, before we talk about where what's going on now. You know, I remember the first time that I went to SneakerCon, right? Um, so SneakerCon, when it was in New York, and it didn't go into any other markets yet. What year was this? 2008? Uh, somewhere around then, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't go like to the first ones, but I remember it was enough that it was in a bingo hall in the basement of a church. Hmm. Um, so... Anyone that's been to SneakerCon, it wasn't in no convention center <laughs> and there's all this other stuff. Um, it was in the basement of a church. It was like a bingo hall, all right? Um, so if you was there, you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I just remember being in that part of, like, Manhattan, I think I was at that time. It was a, just a line around the corner. Um, and none of these <laughs> kids looked urban <laughs> you know when they were part of the cult and that was the beginning of you know that was the first wave of sneaker blogs and everything like that really you know starting on but it was not at the sponsorship level yet right so there wasn't coverage uh but you, you might see a poster uh, a flyer posted or something like that anyway long line of people uh and i'm just thinking i'm trying to get in because i'm actually have a table and all stuff so i'm trying to get all my shoes I'm, I'm mindful where i parked and you know carting all my shoes over and getting to the back door and everything and i'm you know from out of town looking over my shoulder coming from the area that i come from and i'm i'm looking for the jack boys and i'm sitting there like wow you mean to tell me we got all the <laughs> we got hundreds of people just lined up outside with wads of cash in their pockets and there's really no police presence um in no one knows about this. This like sound like an invitation for the Jack Boys. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, that was actually like uh, a surprise to me. You know what I'm saying? I've heard that other local events have gotten hit up at some point in time. Uh, you know, out in Maryland, a couple other places too. But um, that was just always something that I have just observed of just how freely just people walked around with wads of money on their in their pocket as if there's no consequences uh, or something could happen to you. Uh, maybe you're not as stressed as I am because you didn't grow up in the environment that I did. So what are your thoughts, Kev, on some of that historical timeline of what stress came with the sneaker culture? Definitely. And again, and again. You, you, you indulged into that first part. So now I would like to, I'm going to like the shift now of the stress being not being able 
to acquire which one to acquire. So you wake up in the morning and you already have, you know, whatever phone you have, whether it's Samsung, iPhone, what have you, set on a calendar, um, have your phone set, calendar set for a release to drop, and you go on this app and you already wake up with the expectation of taking an L for not being able to acquire um, a shoe. We're not talking about a shoe that's we had back in the day that was one to 500 or something limited like that. Just a regular ass shoe, as we said. And um, that has been normalized now. So the stress goes into that in which people already have been normalized to be like, I don't want to pay resale anyway, whether it's $40 over or $80 over after fees, I'll try it. But that's where the game is now. So it's not necessarily about the stress of um, getting it. But like when I grew up, um, I'll never forget my first pair of Air Maxes that I received. PG Plaza, 87. I was one of those first kids that had those first pair, you know what I'm saying? First day of shoes had to be fresh. And I remember that white and um, red Air Max 1. And all of a sudden, you know, after a couple of days of school, my mom is telling me, yeah, only wear those to school only. And I'm from the city, so I was really two blocks away from my school where the house was. I was allowed to wear those shoes to school and back walking those two blocks. We went, we went to the playground, we went to the corner store, do not wear them after hours, do not wear them while I'm not in your sight or I'm not home. And at that point, I didn't realize what I was being told, but it was a disclaimer on the purchase that she made for reasons that you just described very thoroughly. And that was at seven, eight years old. So think about living like that and having that in, in the back of your mind. Um, you know, when the summer before, everything was all good. So I'm talking about Reaganomics, some of the crack area and so forth in the D.C. area where, you know, summer 85, it was all good. Summer 86 and 87, 88, it was like, um, yeah, stay on this porch. So um, you live that and um, it shapes you. And now I'm saying that the stress has kind of shifted because now you're being shaped to saying that all of this product costs 170 and I want it. I have the resources to afford it. Now I know for sure I'm have to pay at least two forty to fifty for it every single time. And Tony, you gotta admit, man, just by being a consumer alone, man, it brings the amount of stress, man. Like we should be able to go to Walmart and go to Marshalls and you see something, you, you grab it, you get a deal, and that's that. But the game has changed where that's like when people get a deal now, as we discussed in the exhibition season, people look at you like you're funny or something's wrong because they already expect to pay more than what they should be paying. Yeah. I feel like the marketplace became the jack boys mm. like <laughs> we just got hit up Facts. um because now um you know the fake supply and demand um, curves you into thinking that you need it when <laughs> you don't or you want it uh and now you want it more because of the appearance of what you can't have come on um and then on top of that you know they're they know you're willing so they're not gonna they don't care to treat you good uh as a matter of fact um, it's almost like getting jacked and as you and when you see them coming you just stand up start taking it off like it's debo um you know you know you don't tuck your change you put it in the in the pant in the box and then hand it on over and say here's all my stuff here's my chain here's my rings and with uh, a smile on your face and you're happy to do it it's like okay mr debo um you can have it now well, what time will you be back so i can give you more uh because that's exactly how you're treating these these companies are treating you and these retailers um, but again, we've talked about it. You, you take the bad service and you, you keep coming back. Um, you know, so like, you know, it made me think about, you know, this topic that we're talking about with stress is like, 
is anyone even stressed anymore other than the fact that yeah, like it's obvious that you are because you're freaking out that you can't get a, a pair of shoes um and even after your expectation is that you're not going to get them you're surprised that you do um but then at the same time you're just always wanting to uh really just dive into um what you're getting when you're getting it and then just getting it over and over and over again and you don't care about the cycle um and i don't even know if they have the same stress um of of, of wearing stuff uh you know like do they have anxiety of wearing something different and that's why they don't wear stuff different? <laughs> they, you'd be called out for being different. Um, you know, again, more rhetorical questions, but like maybe that we're on to something there too. I don't know. Um, you know, so, so Tony, we know you don't have, we don't have all the answers. We just discuss the topics, but you have any ideas or any perspective on how to alleviate the stress outside of the topics we've already, or points we already given before, as far as just being patient, I'm seeing the cycle. I'm knowing it is optics, knowing that more likely than not, you're going to see the shoe again, either at a restock at a store or on the website or so forth. It's the same cycle, but the lack of patience is what brings on that anxiety and that stress. I think again, the, the main thing right there is the patience. Um, and you know, not taking it too serious. I mean, you can love the game, but not have to be in love with every single shoe that comes out. Um, cause you're not really trust me because as soon as you don't get it, you transfer that energy into the next thing that's coming out. So if you're already naturally doing that, you know, again, look at yourself in the mirror and say, why is this happening? How can I change? How can I take it, you know, better this situation so that, um, you don't have to worry <laughs> so much. It's just shoes. Um, this is coming from a sneakerhead um, who's been in the industry. So, um, not an outsider that just says, oh, it's just shoes. Don't worry about it. No, I know what it means. Um, but I think the fact that things don't mean as much to you um, and that individuality and that relationship with it um, for the nostalgia, good reasons, uh, sentimental value. I don't even know if sentimental value even exists uh, like it used to. But um, key thing with that, that's Tony. what it is. Yeah, key thing with that, Tony, you just mentioned and it's, a light bulb just went off as far as with these products and how we get them and so forth. You mentioned the sentimental value even matter anymore. Back in our day, if you missed out on that release day, you missed out. Today is no such thing. So yeah. you always can have the opportunity to have your emotions get down, see if it's something you really wanted to acquire and you really want it and acquire it later on. Because with the game now, it's easy to find things. It sounds crazy to us back in the day, but it's easy to find anything now dead stock and if you're patient enough if you do enough research trust me t mark the street chart has has trained me to know that you put your price down almost decreeing and declaring and putting it in the atmosphere as you guys say in the universe this is the price i'm going to pay you're patient and the time will come around with opportunity to come that you will pay that price that you want to pay every time i do that now maybe four weeks it may be four months but using the training that tony has gave me it's worked every time where I have shot myself in the foot is when I say, hey, it's my birthday. I'm doing this regardless. Boom, 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 boom. And I look up and I pay $150 more than I should have less than two weeks later, literally. So um, with that being said, man, I just think that the game and people need to kind of retransform their minds um, to figure out what's important, what's not important, because now it seems like everything is up. It seems like everybody wants everything. And everyone's just on the next thing 
and it's too many products out there. It's too many brands. And almost like with, with, with car collecting or anything else, it's just a, an inflation of things in which there's no way with us, as I say, our limited, um, our limited funds that we can, we can acquire everything. So you got to pick and mark your spots. And, um, I, I just say if things don't work out for you, um, you know, just be patient and write your price down, write your timeline, and you got to be diligent and consistent in doing your research, looking around and so forth. Cause nothing's going to fall in your life anymore, obviously, but that doesn't mean you got to pay, you know, 50 to $180 more for something, um, that, you know, you should have paid retail for. Yeah. It's uh, again, the key word is discipline. It's just the discipline to be patient, the discipline to set what you feel comfortable with and then go, don't go outside of that. Like set your own boundaries so that you have, you can honor your own integrity in what you're trying to uh, uh, accomplish. And then hopefully later that stress will start to subside because you're going to feel more in control because you are. Um, but right now um, you're not. And again, you know, before we wrap up, you know, there once was a time where you could buy stuff every single week and acquire it. And no one had these feelings. And what happened? The market got fatigued and people couldn't keep up and couldn't buy everything. So stuff changed. That's why they probably start changing the optics of the supply and demand to make you feel like the things won't be there again, but they are. All right. So again, you have more choices than you think you do. That's why you're tuned into the soul material podcast. Learn a little bit more, um, you know, and, catch some of those order acquisition tips um that we have and uh, this was a episode on stress and the mental health uh you know don't stress yourself out blow it out get it off your chest add some discipline to your life it'll it'll work out the shoes will be there and they'll be there again <laughs> um, and if you don't know now you know but you cannot tell me if you've been in this game for two months, two years, or 20 years, particularly these past three years, where you've acquired a shoe and you say, doggone, they're right back at that store or they're right back on this site or I see them on this app. Um, particularly if you paid um, black market for a shoe. And at what point do you say it's the same thing these last five, six, seven, eight times to where you adapt and you realize what's real and what's they can come up with, you know, your own perception of how things are and your own reality. And you make those changes for yourself. There you go. Couldn't say it any clear. Um, so just to wrap up, uh, another episode, soul material podcast till next time, next time folks. See ya. Peace. Guys need to take advantage of having a partner on the team. Two is better than one. Two is definitely better than one. Howard. To Weber. Oh my goodness. Oh, they've done that a time or two. They are friends and teammates.